Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? Mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. If you like what we're doing here on the show, be sure to subscribe. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Carrie Fry, and we're going to be talking about helping content creators create a business plan in a layout that extends beyond social media. Terry Fry is the founder and creator of Mom Like That Podcast, a social media community and podcast combined. She's a working mom of three kids who lives in Canada. Terry spends the majority of her time working with corporations and individuals as a business consultant, focusing on growth and efficiency strategy, project management, and analytics consulting. Woo, that's exciting stuff. Terry, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to be talking about this because as a content creator, I feel like we don't talk enough about business plans and overall strategy. And we're going to dive into all this kind of stuff. But before we do, Terry, you and I, we've known each other for a long time. You've been a content creator, podcaster for a while too. So tell everyone who you are and what's your deal. All right. So I started my podcast about a few years ago. It came with the idea that I just wanted to create a space where I can make people laugh, uh, connect other moms to myself and just, you know, give everybody a space to feel that they can be different. But at the same time, we're all driven by the love for our kids. Because I'm not the mom you are, you're not the mom someone else's. And that's where the name came from. And the tagline is, you mom like this, I mom like that. We all mom differently, but love our kids the same. So, love it. <laughs> thanks. So, I started the show based on that, and I wanted to bring different types of moms, different types of moms doing different things to the show so they can all talk about their journeys of how they ended up there and what the impact is on raising kids, even with the type of mom they are. And it was with the goal to highlight to others that you can be a very different mom and you can be a mom who doesn't agree or is like most people what the status quo says, but you can still be a great mom because at the end of the day, we're all doing things for our kids. Mm -hmm. That's always what I've said here at Modern Mom Probs too. It's like we may parent differently, but we could still respect each other and we could still support each other. Absolutely. And and that's the biggest thing I wanted to get across because you tend not anymore so much, but in the past you tended to see a lot of people just kind of hating on each other and hating on each other's parenting styles. And it's very black and white. But the truth is, we're all living in the gray. So that's how it started. It's been a passion project for this entire time. I took a little break over COVID, about a year and a half break from podcasting to focus on getting pregnant and raising a third child. And I recently started this podcast again, but my social media page has been live and active. And outside of that, I spend 60% of my day or more working, not 60, actually 60 hours, I would say maybe, working in the corporate world. I am a project management and client services consultant in a corporate setting. And on the side, I'll also do individual business consulting. 
So that takes up a lot of my time, but it's a lot of fun. It's all the stuff that is boring because nobody wants to talk about numbers and analyze them. It's not the fun stuff in a way, but it's just so crucial. And that's where a lot of my time is spent at. I think it sounds like it's a valuable time spent. And that's why I brought you on the show today, because I want to talk about the numbers of being content creator. And like I said before, it's a conversation that I don't think that we have nearly enough, or if we do, we're sort of having it behind closed doors with our friends who are other content creators. And I thought like, let me bring Terry on. Let's like get it out there in the open. Let's talk about all of this kind of stuff. And as you mentioned, like you are a business consultant. So you sit down with businesses and people and say, hey, listen, let's write a business plan. Let's write your objectives. And let's plan for growth for the future. So like, how do you start that? So the start, you know what, it's also very interesting. Also one of my favorite parts, because the start is where I get to learn about everything that you're doing, that you want to do, that your your weak points are, your strengths are. And, and we, in the corporate world, at least in my world, we call them the stakeholder interviews. So as we do them with our corporate stakeholders, I do that with individual business owners too. And I sit down and it takes about an hour and a half and I walk them through and ask just a ton of questions about their business, how the business started, what their goals are for the year, what their five-year goals are, what they're doing currently, what they want to do, what their strengths are, weaknesses are, any any softwares or uh, you know operations tools that they have in place. Do they love them? Do they not? So really trying to understand the full landscape. Often people will come to me and say that I want I want to work with you and I want to do this because I am trying to solve an X problem. However, sometimes people do get fixated on an X problem. And what you may realize, that problem is actually arising from a various different re- re- for various different reasons, from various different resource- uh, sources. And we can't get to the bottom of that until we understand the full landscape of what you're doing and what your goals are. Because at the end of the day, it is possible that the problem you're facing is actually not a pro- big problem because it doesn't line up to your goals. So why focus on that? Because there's so many other things that will line up to your goals. And those goals are not just by the growth of the business, but how much money you want to br- bring and how how much you want to scale the business. It could be various different types of goals, but you have to know your goals inside out and be very set on them. So you can keep aligning your quarterly, your semi-annually, your monthly goals to your big goal? What is What are the things that are going to move the needle in your business? And that's how we start off is trying to understand what is happening under underneath the table with your business. Yeah, I like that phrase underneath the table. With content creators, I think a lot of times, you know, when they look at their goals and they say, I want to hit X number of followers. And that's it. That's one of my biggest goals. But then they don't have any Thing else to follow through with that, right? If that makes sense, they're like, I'm just going to keep grinding and making content until I hit, I'm just going to use 100,000 as an example, until I hit 100,000 followers, and then that's it. But 100,000 followers without any sort of business strategy behind it isn't going to pay the bills. It's not going to keep the lights on. So what do you say to content creators who are maybe fixated on the wrong goals? Mm-hmm. 
You know, I want to start by saying that it's really easy to fix it, get fixated on goals that are visible to the whole world. The measuring specs that are there for every single person to see as soon as they get on your page. And that's what it feels like as a content creator that everybody's judging you based on the number of likes, based on the number of videos people have watched, and the number of followers. It's really easy to get fixated on that. As someone who's done this numerous times in terms of helping businesses grow, I get fixated on that as well. Because it's easy. It's out there for everybody. So I always tell people that when you're looking at your numbers, when you're looking at what's happening in your business, it's okay to have those goals. But if those goals don't, again, measure up to the key things that are going to move the needle in your business to propel it forward, then those goals are not going to be that critical for the success of your business. They might be helpful from a visibility standpoint, but you, but we can't, we are not in a place where we're analyzing the human behavior in terms of, at least on a business level for myself, in terms of how people are interacting with your page and what that means towards your business. So if you just look at your ROI, how you, you know, how you're doing in terms of business and you look at your social media goals, you can't always look at them together because the social media goals in terms of followers does not mean more money and more customers and more, you know, meetings and more touch points with who your key audience is. And that's something that people often forget. And it's easy to say that, you know, once I get 200,000 followers or 25,000 followers or 80,000 followers, then I'll be happy because then, then I'll know what to do. I can't do anything with my page right now because I don't have enough followers. So I need to just focus on getting more followers and then then I'll know what to do. But if you don't have a strategy today, you won't have a strategy tomorrow. Ooh, I like that. Say that one more time. <laughs> if you don't have a strategy today, you won't have a strategy tomorrow. Because Great. creating that strategy is a very conscious effort and it is not the fun work. It is not the fun stuff. It, it is... It is required for you to spend time and get into the weeds of understanding what's happening in your business. And often that's not done well on your own because you're not challenging yourself to think and look at areas that you just were invisible to you before. They were invisible to you. It's always best done with someone else. You can hire consultants. We have business consultants for that reason. If there are friends out there who are strategic and critical thinkers, you can have them sit down with you and share some ideas and have them ask you questions. So they make you think and probe. You get to probe things in a way that you're not looking at right now. Because you can get to $25,000 followers or 50 or 100 or 200,000 if you're waiting for the money and the creator, oh, sorry, the customers and the views to come to you because of a number of followers that's that may happen. You may get the views, but it's not going to convert into a sale. It's not going to convert into a follower because you don't have that strategy. And having that strategy and paving the whole way through around that strategy that aligns you to your goals, your end goals, whether you have five followers or 25 followers or 25,000, it's going to work. It's going to work in smaller scales for the number, the sizes of followers, but it's going to work. And you may realize often that, you know what, social media page is cool. I'm a content creator, but now I have realized that I can actually do this 
behind the scenes without my page because I have the skill set and I have these goals and I understand my goals. And now I can do it in different ways, whether it's taking things that you've learned or something you're trying to sell as a content creator or a solo entrepreneur from social media in, you know, in person or working with others. You, there are so many successful content creators who I've talked to and what has been the success for their pages or their, what they develop was they figure out a formula where they knew what they were good at. And now they're creating content behind the scenes for other brands that you don't even see on their page. It's not about the ads that they're generating on their page, but they have created this amazing income source and word of mouth travels. It does. It does count for something. I'm not saying followers don't count for nothing, but those people who are now looking to the corporations who are now looking to hire content creators to create their content behind the scenes can go to your page and see what kind of work you're doing so they understand if it aligns with their business. Yeah, that, that's very true. I, I think that happens probably more often than people even realize. Yeah, absolutely. Because we get fixated on what we can see. And it's so easy to do that with social media. But that is that is not a strategy that's going to make you successful. And it is rare that these things just fall in your plate. So people are just waiting for brands to reach out to you because you have a number of followers. And sometimes it does happen, but for it to be consistently you know, elevated towards your growth, you have to put in the work and understand what you're doing. So if someone comes to you and you have 30 seconds to pitch exactly what you can do for them, you should be able to do it. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's dive into the elevator pitch. Cause I feel like that's something that people oftentimes get hung up on. I mean, obviously it's different for every business and every, every content creator, but like how can we craft the perfect elevator pitch? You know, the perfect elevator pitch is actually pretty hard because you're assuming that you're crafting a blanket statement that's going to work with everybody. Sometimes you may not know your audience. And in that case, having two or three lines about what you do is great because you don't know your audience. And but it's a power things that you've done. So sometimes people focus on when it comes to the elevator pitch, they focus on what they can do. I can do, you know, my name is Terry. I'm a business growth consultant and I can actually work with your business to help it grow. I know how to create a strategy. It's a lot of noise. What are you getting out of the elevator pitch? Now, when we come think about the whole or blanket elevator pitch, when you switch that around to say, my name is Terry, and I have actually helped 25 individuals grow within the last year in, in terms of the ROI from 10% to 15%. And that's the core of my business. So I'd love to talk to you more about that. Now you've attached an actual set example to what you are saying you can do. So focusing on those kind of key things, those big things that have actually moved the needle in your business, not just small things. It's, it's about the things that move the needle. And we can talk more about what moving the needle is after as well. If you focus on moving the needle with your elevator pitch so people understand how you move that needle, that is a strong elevator pitch. Now that changes again when you are talking to a corporation who's looking to hire content creators before. So that would be, my name is Terry, and I've actually worked with over 25 different corporations to create content for them. 
four, four out of five of my videos immediately result in sales or clicks. There's data supported to it. I'd love to talk to you more about that. So again, it's short. You're focusing on real examples, but these are examples that interest them. Why do they care about your bio? They care about what's in it for them. So when you're working on your elevator pitch, always focus on who you're talking to. So you should have different types ready, depending on who you're talking to, including a universal pitch and what's in it for the person you're talking to. Never focus on you, like yourself, focus on the other person. Nobody cares about what you think about yourself. They want to know how you're going to help them. I think that's true just across the board, right? Absolutely. So you mentioned about moving the needle. I want to go back to that. What does it mean to move the needle? So when we start looking at businesses or even individuals, content creators, let's say you've decided that you have a goal of bringing in about $100,000 in income strictly through your social media page as a content creator. You have to go back and evaluate four or five key KPIs that are your key performance indicators. How, what are they? How are you successful in them? What are your weak points in them? And how do you measure them? So when you start looking at your key performance indicators, they could be followers, one of them. But is that going to move the needle forward for your goal, which is to make $100,000? If it's not going to move the needle, then that is not a key performance indicator. But if you have a performance indicator in terms of how many brand deals that you can get, that is going to move the needle for you because whether you're charging $200, $300, or $3,000, the number of brand deals and the quality of brand deals is what is going to move the needle forward to for you to meet your goal of making $100,000. And essentially moving the needle, if you look at a, you know, those, not clocks, but what are those Mm -hmm. things that go back and forth. They show you high, low. Yes, I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I see it in my head, but I wouldn't know what it's called. It. Almost like a speedometer kind yes, of Yes, exactly. Yeah. So if you want to be at the 100K mark and you are currently at 25,000, you have to move the needle, you have to figure out all the things that you're going to do to get there. When you're driving a car, you can't keep driving at that speed in rush hour traffic to get to start driving 100K. You have to change your strategy. You have to get out of traffic. You may have to get on a highway to move that needle forward. Often people forget about the goals, how to connect them to their overarching goal for the year or five years. And how do you develop your key performance indicators to get you to move to the needle to get closer to your goals? Yeah, that's really helpful. I think many times content creators and other business owners in general, get caught in the weeds of the day to day, right? For, for a content creator, you're thinking, I have to make the next viral video. I have to make the next great piece of content while you're also trying to get the brand deals, close those deals and, and all of that. And so what's your advice to the business owner who gets stuck in the weeds of their day-to-day business? Take a step back. If you can, because sometimes if your livelihood is fully dependent on it, you have to keep going. But if you can figure out a way to take even half a step back, to sit back, to walk away from the things that are sucking up all your time, you can start evaluating, okay, where should my time go? 
So often I'll hear from people, from business owners or, you know, who even have a social media presence that I can't keep doing this. This is too much. I don't enjoy it anymore. I don't want to make videos. I'm not getting enough followers online. So I, I don't know what the point is. Well, the point is for you to take a step back and evaluate what is going to be the most important crucial pieces for you to keep growing. So I'll use myself as an example. I have this page and I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm helping other people do. But for the longest time, I was also stuck on followers or, you know, getting getting enough views and likes. And we still do that from time to time. It's it's hard not, it's easy to say that don't do it, but it's so hard not to because it's all in your face. I have to stop looking at all my insights right now because you know what? I realize that my own page is actually not fully connected to my goals. While I'm building a business and while I'm having helping businesses grow and figure out the strategy and doing the exact same thing in the corporate setting, those things are helping me make money. But if my goal is no longer to just run a page for the sake of running a page and I want to do more with it, I need to just take a step back. I need to get underneath the dirt and figure out what's work, what's worked on this page and does that line with my values and interests. Just because something's working on your page doesn't mean you should keep doing it if you don't enjoy it. As content creators, it's very important to be able to enjoy the work you're doing because that's where it originally came from. So if I don't enjoy it and it's moving the needle, it's probably not going to be my top priority right now because it's something that's just going to suck the soul out of me to do. So you have to start focusing on the numbers. So often people think when you're thinking of marketing and social media that everything is about the creatives. But where analysts and business consultants come in is that they look at everything before the creatives. All the numbers that feed into the story, the numbers tell the story. And the numbers tell you what you should be doing. So corporations, when they think of their creative strategy, it stems from all the things that they're, that they're seeing happening you know, in their world, in the stores, online, how customers are interacting with them. And when they analyze that data, that's the data that feeds into what their next marketing strategy should be and how they should focus it. And if their goals are not currently aligned with their data, then they have to go and do a lot of trial and errors to, to see what that data will tell them about the goal they're focused on. I've been trying to work on mindfulness with my son by introducing him to meditation techniques. And in doing this, I realized, you know, Tara, you could really benefit from meditation too. What else is a better way to start good habits than by modeling them, right? So I started listening to the Women's Meditation Network. It has all different types of podcasts from anxiety meditation to sleep to morning meditation. Personally, I really enjoy the daily affirmations because they're just about 10 minutes long, which is just right for me and my schedule. Whether you're an experienced meditator or you're just getting started, check out Women's Meditation Network wherever you listen to podcasts. That's really helpful. That's really thought provoking because, <laughs> you know, I mean, even as a content creator myself, right? Like I get stuck in the day to day. I get stuck in the weeds. I try not to look at my insights because I don't want that to weigh heavy on my head. Well, good, bad, or indifferent, right? I mean, so sometimes you need to look at your 
KPIs just because you need to know, like, am, am I going in the right direction or am I not going in the right direction? But then you can't also harp on them because you're a person too, right? And so like, you have to be concerned about your own mental health. And I've had this conversation with so many of my content creator friends. So I know we're not alone in saying that. I want to touch on two different things. I want to talk about your favorite tips and advice for aspiring entrepreneurs and then also established entrepreneurs. But let's talk about aspiring first. All right. So this is one of my favorite things because I'm such a numbers person. I love spreadsheets. So I get lost in it. It might be boring for some people. When you're starting to think about your business, your aspiring entrepreneur, let's say you've decided to get into content creation. You've built a following on your page. You don't know what to do about it. But now you've decided, you know what? I think I can actually do more with it. So I think you need to step back and open up a spreadsheet and put down some of your goals. What are your goals? And it's okay if you have no data to go by in terms of how those those goals will come out to be. So if your goal is, let's say, I'm an aspiring content creator. This year, I'd like to make $10,000. I don't know if it's realistic. I don't know what the cost is. That's totally fine. So now what does that $10,000 look like? Are you creating... What are the kind of contents you're going to create? Are you creating videos? Are these reels? Are they just images? And how are you going to make money off of them? That's your goal. And that's how you start breaking those things down. So let's say as an aspiring content creator who wants to start making money off of their pages, you've decided this year you're going to make $10,000. And it seems small and we can scale it out big too, but I'm just using it as a basic example is, okay, so $10,000 for that reason. And how can I do that? I can do that by creating content behind the scenes for pages to use without me putting it on my page. I can create content by doing ads on my page. And I can create content by just, you know, doing stories as well. So now you know different venues, different channels. You're creating income channels to get to $10,000. Within those income channels, you have to now think of all your products that you have available to you. And what are your products? Your products are your stills, carousels, stories, reels. Now you started to break down all your products. You have to step back and think about how many realistically can you do in a year? of these for someone else while also creating content for your page that is not going to make money because you're building a portfolio. So you start figuring out how many ads that you can do, how many stories and reels and still still images or carousels you can create those ads. And then you start figuring out how much do you need to charge to be able to get to $10,000? Is this realistic? If you realistically think that you can only get 12 ads in a year, does that mean you charge over uh, just under $1,000 for each ad? Is that realistic? If it's not, that's okay. It doesn't mean you won't get there, but you have to keep readjusting your goals, how you're going to get to your own goal. And it's okay if you don't hit that in your first year either. It might take you two or three years to hit that too, or you might find that you've figured out, figure out a great strategy, you have a great pitch, and now you're able to get, and you have great connections, that helps too. Let Don't let anybody tell you that they've done this because they've got a great strategy and they just figured it out. 
A lot of times when people don't talk about is that they have connections because they've been networking. That's very important. And that should be part of your strategy too. how you're going to network and who you're going to network with. So out of all of that, and I'm saying a lot of things, it sounds a little confusing. But if you pull peel back layers of it, what you see is all those videos align you to your $10,000 goal. And to get to there, now you know your KPIs, but how are you going to execute? You still have to go ahead and make an execution strategy. First, I need a media kit. What kind of media kit will I use? Will this be universal? Should I talk to someone to help me create that? Is that going to cost me? I need to put that cost into account for the $10,000 I'm going to make because you have to consider your profits as well. So all of these things need to come into play and research. Who are you going to contact? Are you just doing mass reach outs on social media or are you going behind and finding different agencies that work with content creators so they could hire you and pitching yourself so they can bring you the the corporations and the companies that are looking to hire content creators? That sounds a lot. It's not going to be done overnight. It's going to be done over time. But the biggest mistake people make, and sometimes some people are just so fantastic, they just go on the whim and do all of this. And I'm, and I'm just like, oh my God, this is fantastic. But there is a process behind most of these things, which is why businesses, corporations have that in place. If you start creating that, you can actually start seeing your effort that you're putting in, in all of this too. You can start seeing how what you're doing is actually resulting in these results or giving you the money that you're looking for. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, 100% okay. makes sense. Yeah, I think it's incredible. So what would you say to a more established entrepreneur or content creator? All right, so let's say you've figured out that you've been making $100,000 a year. You want to double that. You think you can do it. You want to double that. And sometimes people would think it's as simple as I'm just going to pitch harder. I'm going to ma- do mass pitches. I'm going to send them all my examples. And now you're stressed out. You're spending so much time just doing all these pitches and they're not resulting in it as fast as possible. Then you start wondering, is it, is it Instagram? Instagram is changing. The algorithm is against me. Oh my God, this is, I'm, why am I doing this? I'm putting in so much work and I don't want to keep doing this because it's not getting me to what I want to get to. I don't want to just make $100,000. I want to make more. There are others who are making more. Why am I doing this the way I'm doing it? Again, the best way to do is look at all, all that you've done. So, you know, open up a spreadsheet. Maybe you have it already where you track all your videos, all the content you've created, whether it's for your page or for other pages, and what the results have been for those content. How much you've made, what kind of views you've received on them. Have people clicked on links? So when you start looking at different KPIs for all of those contents, you can start seeing which ones have been your highest producers and which are the low-hanging food. Maybe they were a lot of fun to make, but they didn't get you much. So now you have a decision to make. How much time are you going to put in focusing on the things that are not making you enough, the things that are, or the things that are harder, probably take more time. You're not doing enough of, but they are the ones that are making you the money. And there's no right or wrong answer here in terms of how to get to $200,000. Maybe you're not going to be able to get, or you don't know how to get those deals that are going to give you six, $7,000 per 30 second reel. 
that's okay. So how many reels do you need to make to get to, you know, to replace that one ad? So those are the things to start thinking about. How do you make money? How, how, are, how are you going to going to create content that's going to give you more money? So one example is some people, often content creators and businesses alike online will start doing workshops or trainings and they start charging for it. You can charge $25 or $50 for a training and do 40 of them. Or you could do, charge $100 for a training and do four of them. So how are you going to do that? But what makes you what makes you attractive enough that people are going to pay $100 for your training versus a 30 that you've been charging before or 40 that you've been charging before? Again, it goes back to constantly evaluating what are you doing? How does this line up against numbers, against the time I'm putting in? And what does my strategy need to be to be able to charge more for these things? And often people, again, get stuck on, oh, I can't charge more because I don't have this many followers. You will be surprised how many micro-influencers, which are influencers under 10,000 followers, make over 25, 30, 40K, 100K a year because they have a strong strategy, they focus on what they want to do, and they know how they're going to do it, and they keep refining that to their goals. They're not posting things just to fill up the space on their pages. Everything is perfectly curated because it aligns with their goals. And that's what companies want to see as well. Yeah, that is absolutely what the companies want to see. You know, I want to talk about rates for a little bit because typically that had always been sort of like the wild, wild west of Instagram and content creation. So, you know, one person may charge $200 for an ad and then someone with a similar account may charge $2,000 for an ad. And it's tricky because you want to be the person that's getting $2,000 for an ad. So do you speak with your clients about finding your right rate? So you're not going to like this answer, but my answer here is no. So that is the rates are not my expertise. And I will never sit with my client and say, I can help you figure this out. That's not my expertise. What I will tell them is I can help you find someone who is good at it. And I'll give you some examples. So I'm doing the work for them to search for the right people who can actually give them valuable advice. So one thing about being a business consultant is that you have an overall understanding for a lot of areas. And then you have really focused understanding for so many other areas, but you can't cover everything. So therefore, if someone is telling you they can do it all or they'll figuring out, figure it out with you, that's kind of a red flag. I mean, it's good when sometimes people can because they're learning with you. But if you're looking, but if you're looking for true success and you're working with consultants, also always look for their experience, right? What are they, what have they done in the past? So I haven't done the rates stuff in the past. So that's not a, something I can give advice on. I could actually give advice on this a little bit. There's a new website called hashtag pay me. And it's a new piece of software where you put in some of your information, some of your KPIs, and then it like pops out a rate. And I think it's probably one of the closest and most accurate ones that I've seen. Like I said, it, it's a new piece of technology. So check it out. Hashtag pay me. That's amazing. AI is getting out of control in good ways. I mean, look at chat GPT, for, for example. But that's fascinating. I actually haven't heard of that one before. 
Yeah, it's new and I'm on their email list. So I get emails about it like every day. So it's constant. I'm just constantly being like, I'm going to look into that. I, I need that. So yeah, yeah, I mean, even as it. someone who's good at in terms of business consulting, because I work with fortune five, fortune six companies, I'm working with major companies. You still, you always need help. They, those companies hire consultants because they need help. Everybody needs help. You can do all of this on your own. I think it's, if there's one message I want to drive home is that get help. Even if it's a friend to talk to, just to bounce ideas off of, you can just create all of your plans on your own. It's true. I often say that to my other content creator friends is that we so frequently work within a silo. It's like, I'm working from home doing this. You're working from home doing this. And unless we have these open conversations, we're just working in a vacuum. And so we don't get the opportunity to whether it's like, you know, vent about things or, or, you know, just get valuable advice like this. I think it's so important that we're not just stuck in a vacuum. Oh, absolutely. And, and sometimes you don't even realize what you're good at until someone else, you start talking to them. I mean, just last week, honestly, I've been going through a crisis of sorts of my page, realizing why am I just posting things for the sake of posting? I do want to drive content from my podcast home. There are a few different messages I want to send home, but I'm done creating content other than that, unless it's going to align with my goals. And I've been doing this exercise myself because I did this a few years ago. And we talked about this as well before on my podcast. I need to go back and do that exercise again. I need to align everything I'm doing on my page towards my goals. And if my goal is just for fun, like I'm doing this for fun, that's completely fine. You know, there are so many people who are great content creators. If they get ads, that's great. If they don't, they don't. But they're just doing it for fun. That's completely okay. You don't have to have a strategy for that. You can just post for fun. But there are other people, myself included, who no longer want to post for fun, who want to make sure everything is defined to a strategy that's going to yield into something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you and I, like you said, on your podcast, spoke about the same thing. I've been having this sort of existential crisis with my account too. And so it's really forced me to take a step back, evaluate it, talk to a lot of my other content creator friends, including you, just to say, where am I now? Where do I want to be? Where do I fit in with all of this? Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes you'll realize you know things that you didn't realize you, you did before. And that's happened to me after talking to people thinking I'm not good at something. And my friend was said to me, Terry, you're actually good at this. And here are the examples of how you've proven you're good at this in the past. But I wasn't thinking about that. It somehow got, got a miss. So that's where when we're talking, when I'm talking to individuals or talking with my corporate clients, it's, that's why stakeholder interviews are so important because it unearths everything that's underneath the table, not just the pretty table and what's hanging on the walls. It's everything underneath. And that's what you want to look at. That is what's going to drive your strategy and your KPIs. That's that's what's going to help you understand what's really happening with your business. That is such valuable advice. Terry Fry, thank you so much for being here today. Tell everyone where we can find you online. You can always find me online through Mom Like That Podcast. I'm on Instagram mostly and my handle is Mom Like That Podcast. I'm on Twitter from time to time, which is mom like that one. Somehow I couldn't get the same one across. I hate hate when that happens. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. So in general, find me there. And I'm going to be formalizing my own consulting practice shortly within this year. So and if you're interested in working with me, whether it's formalized or not, just reach out to me. 
You can reach out to me via email, my mom like that podcast at gmail.com. And we can always talk. We can always just talk in general, just so you can have ask some more questions about how you can how I can help you. They're great content creators and experts on the motherhood space. I think I'm a great mom, but I know my expertise isn't to give you advice on motherhood because I just do what I do, but I can with the business, but the business part and helping you create a strategy. That's where I shine. That's because you mom like that and I mom like this. Exactly. We all mom differently. We love our kids the same. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thanks for being here, Terry. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another Modern Mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.